Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Country music reminds me of the summertime, and it is definitely not summer outside in Montana right now. But like I keep saying, bring it on. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you are by chance new to the area, uh, the last couple winters have been weak compared to what we're used to in Montana. So I've been saying... Bring me the hardcore winter. If you're going to live here, you got to get acclimated, right, Coach? I think there's a bunch of snow up there in the mountains, <laughs> oh, and there, sure. there's a pretty good snowpack. So, so the skiers should be real happy right about now. But the drivers, put the thing <laughs> in four-wheel drive and let's roll. <laughs> That's exactly right. Listening to the first hour of the show, talked North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana State, and the FCS uh, semifinals. We have a national championship game set, North Dakota State versus South Dakota State. And uh, we also... Talked a little bit about the uh, the offseason as it uh, continues to sort of swirl here. I got our first transfer portal entry for the Montana Grizzlies. Coach, this is breaking. Uh, Daniel Britt, the young quarterback uh, from Las Vegas, he is uh, out into the transfer portal. How do you think that impacts the Grizzlies? Well, they've got to get some quarterbacks in there. Uh, it's so different with this transfer portal. Man. So I would like to have known what the conversations that occurred recently leading up to this are they are the Grizz going to go get uh, a man from the transfer transfer per, portal right. Damn, it's hard for me to say there <laughs> I know uh, but uh, and and so then Daniel Britt says okay well I'm going in you know the one thing though uh, with the little amount that I know about this transfer portal there's like 2,500 guys oh for sure currently in the transfer per, portal right and how many of those, and they're basically giving up their scholarships. That's right. Right? So, and then how many of those are going to actually get scholarships somewhere else? Now, the top 50 or sure. maybe even right. the top 100. Sure. But there's like 2,500 in this thing right now. And so it reminds me of when the rule changed for college kids to come out early. And the first year, there was like 17. And the next year, there was like 50. And then all of a sudden, there's a couple of hundred. And most of those young men don't even get drafted. Some of them, of them don't even get an opportunity to get into training camp. This reminds me of that. So is this portal? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? We'll see likely in about four or five years. I want to stick on this because I actually think that there is, it's both. I think it's good and bad all at the exact same time. If, by the way, if you missed anything in the first hour, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store uh, and the MSU Bookstore. Marty Mornowig, our great friend in studio with us here for the last Monday afternoon quarterback of this calendar year. We'll be back at it after the new year, but I'm taking the last two weeks of the year off. So uh, this will be our last one. We'll have like some playoff scenarios when we come back which should be very, very fun. Uh, but we're going to talk some NFL here uh, in just a minute. Coach, I think that this is where you see sort of the, the the bane of social media because you see, like, for example, Freddie Robertson from um, Eastern Washington. He's been a two-time All-Big Sky receiver, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a senior, and uh, he's put up big numbers. 
He enters the portal, and then you know he's gotten offers from Mississippi State and Utah and Fresno State. And he's getting all these offers. And he tweets about them all the time. Well, then kids think, well, well, if I hit the portal, I'm going to go get offers from SECs, and it's just not happening. Yeah, I would say there's a. Uh, more than a handful, let's say, of big sky players right. that would get offers from the SEC. Maybe there's a few more than that, but Maybe how many? Right. I mean, you're taking a huge risk, and then I've I always fall back on the education. Right uh, now, and this portal's really good for probably most football teams, I would suspect. But those academic institutions, I think this is going to be a hard hurdle to jump over for them. Secondly, the players. It's actually it's a great point, right? Because your son, Skyler, is coaching out there at Columbia. They yes. probably they probably can't take a lot of guys, right? Because you have to be able to get into Columbia first yeah. and foremost, which nobody can. Yeah, that's right. And I, I talked to a college coach of mine that's coaching at a normal uh, college, how much do you use a port? There, and he's the one who told me there was like twenty five hundred in this port. They're looking at every single one of them because they need help. Uh, but Stanford, I read, has had one one transfer come in in the last four or five years. Right. Something crazy like that. It's just so difficult on those academic type schools. Well, and sometimes too, I think that the the narrative, the coaches try to spin it like. That this is a terrible thing for college football, and that it, it's kids being selfish. And what have you done for me lately? And the grass is greener. But I also think that there's a, sort of a forbidden fruit element to the coaches too, right? You don't have to have the patience in developing young players. I think that I guess what I'm saying is I think that coaches forget why they recruited a guy, and they forget like, hey, I, I love this kid coming out of high school. It's going to take him two or three or four years to be able to get here, and they think, well. He's redshirt freshman. He's not helping us. We can go get a dude from from Cal or you know UW or Oregon or whatever and plug him in. And I you know you, I wonder if there's a, a another side of the coin here. Well, there's three things that always go into my mind when evaluating a player, and that's talent. He has to have enough talent, and that's what's sort of juicy for some of these college coaches. Right. But also, the character and the toughness takes you far. It takes that talent far. Right. So be careful, and I'm sure all of these uh, universities have enough Ta- uh, uh, talent uh, evaluators right. and enough money. This thing takes a little money. Oh, for sure. Right? Right? To evaluate. And and so I'm sure they're very picky on who they actually, actually offer. And some of these guys, I'm not sure all of these are actual offers. They may have made contact with That's them. That's right. But then when you get down to it, is it an actual offer? I think sometimes, too, the coaches need to do, I, I, I shouldn't say a better job. There should be a high priority put on the kid fitting into the place. John Stiglmeyer, who's been at South Dakota State for 27 years now as the head coach, he's been at South Dakota State in some form for my whole life, like 35 years he's been there. But he said, our number one thing is we got to find kids that are willing to live in Brookings, South Dakota. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, you, you saw the game on Saturday. It's four degrees, right? Like, that's right. You know, I mean, it's colder than it is in Montana, even in South Dakota. So you got to have kids that are willing to go to school there, walk around campus, and, and fit in there. I think that should be a huge priority as well. Yeah, and that, that that's where the, the character comes in because you have a culture right. that you've built there, right? So that man has to fit that culture or your culture fit him. You would rather that man fit your culture, you right. see, instead of, instead of having to mold a guy. And great 
football players. And I'm talking football players. I'm not talking just athletes, right? Right. I'm talking football players. They can play for any style of coach anywhere, right? Out on the sidewalk. Uh, or 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 on the street or on some uh, sixty thousand uh, uh, st- stadium, but I think the 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 character and the toughness, yeah, the toughness. Some of these guys that get into this portal, I'm assuming a little bit, right, right. Well, how tough are you when you pick up and leave? That's right. And, and and sometimes, in fact, I would say most of the time, right. If you just hang in and hang in and hang in where you're at. Good things tend to happen. One afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mortoweg in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It was a great Tom Izzo 60-minute uh, interview from a little while ago. Tom Izzo, the great Michigan State basketball coach. And he, he asked the, the reporter, he said, how many times have you failed in your life? And the reporter says, well, you know, I, I fail a lot. And t- Coach Izzo says, so have I. That's why I've won 800 games. He said, if my guys that I coached weren't willing to fail... Nobody would have ever heard of Draymond Green. Nobody would have ever heard of the Valentine. I mean, multiple guys that were pros, Izzo, you know, sat him down, ripped him to shreds. He said, you know, if those guys would have left, we wouldn't have had the guys we got. Sometimes you got to learn how to fail. That's right. Well, look, you rarely become great at anything without failing more than anybody else because you're putting it out there on the line. The great Larry Bird. So true. The great Magic Johnson. They made more, Michael Jordan, they made more game-winning shots than anybody in history. But they also missed more because they took them. Keep taking them. When you get hot, keep shooting. Such such a great uh, analogy. I I just finished Larry Bird's book, Drive. And uh, what a great book. What an interesting guy. He's so simple, and that's why he's so interesting. He he doesn't overthink the whole thing. His whole book is just about his whole basketball career and how simple he made it. And it was uh, a fascinating read. The Monday Afternoon Quarterback presented in part by Front Street Pizza. Front Street Pizza has traditionally sourced delicious pizza. Get it by the pie or by the slice right there on Front Street below Rome Student Housing. Great place to go. Uh, so go check them out there and uh, try the garlic knots. I bet you you can't have just one. A couple things, Coach, before we get into some NFL stuff. Uh, it's been so fun having you back, and it's been so fun having you uh, talking college stuff, too. I've, I've been so uh, proud of you for getting back involved with the alma mater and, hey. and calling on TV and all that stuff. But I, I know it's been an experience for you, too, right? Because you've sort of been immersed in college football, both from doing this show, doing your TV stuff. you got two kids coaching in college football now. Yeah. So you've been able to sort of uh, re-dive in after spending so long in the NFL. So I just want to ask you a couple of questions about just this last year, you know, kind of being involved more, at a more high level with the Grizz. What was your favorite part about doing it? I mean, what did you like about uh, covering Montana this last well, year? Well, several things. Thanks for asking, by the way. Uh, first of all, I had a blast. That's the first thing. And I didn't know if I would or not. It's fun, though, right? Oh, I had a blast. And, I, you know, the... Look at I view myself, perceive myself as a coach, sure. right? I still do. I still do. Of course, Even you're though, coach if you step back and look at it, I'm a media man just like you. <laughs> totally. See, but you're uh, coach forever, right? right I mean, yeah. you've never even coached me, and I'm going to call you coach forever. That's just how it is. <laughs> but uh, so that's the first thing I had. But the second thing is I really enjoyed sort of getting to know the players and the staff. Now it was it was sort of from afar. Sure. But 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 going to practices, they set me up with some film, those type of things. You sent me a bunch of little things on each of the players for the Grizz, as well as some of their opponents. Yep. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Uh, and then and then third, I really enjoyed sort of learning, right? Uh, it was new to me. I had done many 
interviews and TV clips and radio, all these things. But I'd never actually done a color uh, commentating for a game. So so I learned a lot. And the thing I learned, not how to do it or what to say, nobody ever told me. Sure. So I just turned it loose. And, 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 but, but the amount of experts it takes oh, for sure. to put on a really good quality TV, a football game, right? And there, there's a huge truck down there. There's cords all over the place. Uh, experts fixing things and getting things right. I mean, they come into, they're coming from Seattle and Denver. They're coming from everywhere because I suspect. There's only a select few right. that can do those type of things. We had a great director slash producer um, in most of the games. We had a gal for the Montana-Montana State game. She did a crazy good job. And all the guys in the truck that are doing the replays and the slow-mo, all of that. It was really amazing. Now, look, at when I was coaching, I'd stop by the truck every now and then on a Monday night game when I was there four or five hours before the game, say hi to the fellows. But I still had no idea what was actually taking place down there and I still probably only know a fraction of <laughs> what actually happens but I had a blast thanks for asking of course was there anything about just being immersed in college football that surprised you this year yeah, I, we've talked about it just a little bit. Uh, both of my sons are coaching. I did the Grizz stuff. I also stay up on the NFL because of, of this course. show yeah. and the 33rd team that I do yeah. usually like Tuesday, Wednesdays. Uh, but uh, is the matchup part of it. I, it just always surprised me, and I knew it because I would evaluate players that were coming from college to the NFL. I wouldn't immerse myself uh, quite as much uh, schematically, but but the matchups in the NFL, it is a matchup game. That's right. Right? At every position. And, and who do you need uh, to stymie, and then how can we get after their weaknesses and, and those types. In the, in the college game, uh, there's only just a little bit of that, and they've got a system, and they're sort of going to run their system, and they're going to stay within the confines of that. Where in the NFL, you know, the, the, the playbook is so big that you can do anything known to mankind, and you should be able to do that within an offense, defense, or special team system. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Bordeweg in studio with me, Colter Nuanas, here on ESPN Radio, on SWX Montana Television, and on the ESPN MT app. It's presented by Rome Student Housing. Do you, your student or aspiring student, need a convenient and affordable place to live while attending the University of Montana? Look no farther than Rome Student Housing. Located on Front Street, just a 10-minute walk from the UM campus and a 10-minute walk from downtown Missoula, Rome offers a variety of living options for University of Montana students. High-speed Wi-Fi and TV packages with more than 100 channels, including the NFL Network, comes with your unit. Each unit also has a full-size washer and dryer. Plus, every unit has its own full bathroom, so no more waiting for the shower. Rome offers pet-friendly apartments, and you can even tune your bike or your skis, depending on the season, in the community tune room. For more information, take a virtual tour at liveatrome.com. Uh, last sort of retrospective question, Coach, before we talk about this weekend. What's been your favorite storyline in the NFL so far this year? I'm biased 
but Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I mean, it's you a know, great one, man. Yeah, I had Jalen as a rookie, and what a fantastic job he's done. I see where he's got a little separated left shoulder, but what the heck, it's his left shoulder, Coulter. I mean, he'll play, uh, right. you know. So I think they've really, Howie Roseman has built a heck of a team, and then, and then Jalen Hurts has done everything that I thought that he would be able to do, as long as you're on a good team. I mean, you got to be on a good team For sure. to play quarterback at a really high level. I mean, it shows you how great the Eagles are as an organization. To to have Carson Wentz have an MVP year, then get hurt, and then win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and then get rid of both those guys and your head coach, and sort of burn it all down and rebuild it back up. And this is only in like three years, and now they're the back to be the best team in the league. That's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Howie does a good job. They... They utilize every possibility, and they typically make some pretty good decisions personnel-wise. And then the other thing is the Lions. You know, I'm biased because I've got a couple good friends yeah. that, that are on that staff. For sure. And they, I thought this early in the season, but I wasn't sure, right, when they were losing games. But I thought maybe they're building a really tough team. They, they're tough and, as hell, and, and they have some offense, right? They do, you, you know. And and then and then and and Aaron Glenn over there on the defensive side looks like he's sort of shored things up just a little bit. He's a heck of a coach. He and I were together with the Jets. He was more in personnel. But anyway, and then I've got Deuce Deuce, a great friend of mine, Deuce Staley over there. Coaching the running backs, and I believe he's assistant head coach as well. So I'm rooting for them, and I think that they've really got it rolling. Nobody wants to play the Detroit Lions here down the stretch. They definitely don't. Yeah. We're going to come back to the Lions. We got five big things from the last weekend in the NFL, plus division winners, plus Monday Night Football. That's all next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. ESPN Radio. Welcome back, and hope you're uh, staying warm out there. Talking huge storm coming up, maybe like eight to ten inches below zero temperatures. And I say, bring it on! No honest now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Just because it's snowing doesn't mean you don't need to keep your rig clean. Appreciate Dazzlers for the continued support of us. Need a good stocking stuffer? Go over to Dazzlers. They got gift cards going. They also have the uh, legacy deals starting at 31 bucks. You can get your truck or your car washed anytime. Appreciate Dazzlers Car Wash for their continued support of the Monday afternoon quarterback here on Nuanas. Now, Marty Mornoweg in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Five big things about the weekend that was in the NFL. Uh, Coach, the NFL, I think one of the reasons it's so popular is it has so much parity. The the level the playing field is so level, you know, even the best of the best. I mean, truly, who I think is the best team in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, played who I think is the worst team in the NFL, the Houston Texans, yesterday, and they went to overtime. That's yeah. how that's how even the 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 talent is. What do you think of that dynamic though? And what what's the biggest factors that separate? I mean, why can I mean when you see them on the field, it's not like this crazy mismatch in college when you see the best against the worst. I mean. 
you know, we saw 63 to 7 and 56 to nothing and all these crazy scores this year. That's never happened in the NFL. What are the defining factors, though, between the best and the worst? Well, it's typically, Coulter, two or three players. That's real. And you get into a game like that with a team that's sort of trying to overachieve to win the game. Yeah. And a, and a team that's a little bit more talented. It typically, not always, but typically, one of those two, three, four great players on, on, the, on the really good team typically wins the game for that team. You know, making a, a great run or a great pass and catch or, or a great defensive play by, by a cover man or a safety or a pass rusher even, uh, a sack fumble. So that's one. Uh, the, 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 the second thing is the game is so short. Right. Uh, it's much, much shorter than the college game. Right, only eight, 8 to 10 possessions maximum. Right. You're not getting 14, 16, 18 tries like in college. Right, and, and 11 is, is a long game. For sure, know? for sure. Uh, so, so uh, and I'm talking about uh, the amount of times you get the football. But So the game is short. So if everything goes the way that the lesser team planned it to go, right. then you're in a dogfight. I mean, you are in a dogfight. So, so, and and then typically one, two, or three of those great players on the other team typically wins the game. So that's the only difference. Now, if that lesser team can sort of shorten the game, or they have one more thing go their way, anybody can beat anybody. And sometimes then too, it comes down to just being able to have the winning mindset too, right? I mean, the Texans. I don't think the Texans are close yet. But they've been good. They've looked way better the last couple of weeks. They were, I mean, they took Dallas all the way down the wire, and they took the Chiefs all the way down the wire. But they couldn't quite finish it. But then you look at a team like Jacksonville, who was sort of in the same spot. But now Jacksonville's figuring out how to win games, and they've yeah. closed out games three out of the last four weeks. And don't look now, but the Jags are only one game out of the division yeah. lead. But that's what you get when you have a young team that starts to, sort of starts to figure it out. Yeah, there's a culture, and there's. Team leaders. I'm talking players. And if you have a handful of those dudes, we talked about the toughness and the character, they just will not allow or their team to lose too many games. And all the great teams have those great, great leaders. And if if some of those leaders get nicked up and they're out, or maybe they're out for the season, you lose that leadership, you feel it. That whole team feels it. So that that is another big part of of it, and some of those young teams are learning that. They're learning right, how to right, win consistently. Right. The other thing I would say, Coulter, is the NFL season is a marathon oh, season. Buddy. Unlike the college season, although the college season has gotten longer, hasn't it? For sure. But it is a marathon season. So even the great teams, the greatest of the greatest teams, may have a week or two where there's a little lapse and even those great team leaders and the great coach and the other players just can't snap out of it, and they drop one. And sometimes it's an ugly one on occasion. I remember when we won the Super Bowl in 1996, Green Bay, we went to Dallas and Kansas City back-to-back and got, got decimated. Yeah. And people wrote us off. We didn't lose another game from that point on. So, And that was because of some of those great team leaders, starting with Reggie White. Which brings me to my next point. Second big thing about the NFL, Monday afternoon quarterback with uh, Coach Marty Mornenweg. So much of the leadership can oftentimes come from the quarterback. And the quarterback can give you such the sense of belief. And then I, that's why I just watching the Ravens this weekend, I was just sitting there thinking, man, 
they're in trouble without Lamar Jackson, man. It, 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 everybody on the whole deal doesn't play as well without the guy that they yeah. believe in. I mean, they they, they were they were awful, and well, they might be in trouble now yeah, without him. Well, that that is true. Now that quarterback position, it's almost a given that he has to be a good leader. NFL quarterbacks. If you're not a leader of men, you don't play very long. That's you might right. have some good games. You might even have a good season or two. For sure. But it doesn't last the 10, 12, 15 years like it does with Peyton Manning or Brett Favre or Troy Aikman. You can go on and on. You, you, you know, so, yeah, that's absolutely right. Now, his skill and ability, I'm talking Lamar Jackson now, they miss that as well. well oh, no question. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but when Lamar is on the field... The level of play, I had a coach used to call it the level of participation, goes way up yeah, right. when you've got Lamar Jackson because just it's almost subconscious. We always have a chance to win with some of these great quarterbacks. And if they're not on the field, it's almost subconscious. What chance do we have to win this thing when you're 10 points down or, or 7 points down in the middle of the fourth quarter? I used to always think that with Tim Tebow because he was not a good quarterback, but there was a moment in time where he did have the belief because he was a great leader. He was a great college quarterback. For sure. But then in the NFL, he was out of position. I remember him coming out, and I went through every single snap the man had ever played yeah. trying to evaluate him. Yeah. At the quarterback position, and I refuse to do it, right? Because there's not enough snaps, right, of him playing quarterback, right? So I graded him as as a wildcat type of fella, yeah. And he only ran like four seven. I like my wildcat guys. I want <laughs> four three four four. If I'm going to do the wildcat stuff, I want a guy with the ball in his hands that can. Score from 60. You know, Tim was more of a, a third and two type yeah. of NFL wildcat type guy. Yeah, it's just interesting to see how he, he did have the ability for a brief moment in time just to galvanize uh, a locker room. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. Uh, third big thing about the NFL this last weekend, uh, it's so funny. I keep... I, I, I hate on my own team worse than anybody. <laughs> I, keep, I, I keep always telling my brother's always talking mess to me about the Vikings. And, and I've been telling him my, my line this whole last week was, well, they're just a 10 and 7 team. They just happened to start 10 and 2. Because I fully anticipated that they were just going to fall apart because they've gotten so lucky down the stretch. And then I was having a great I told you so moment on Saturday when they're down 33 nothing to the hapless Indianapolis Colts. Well, not so fast. Biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. Usually, well, not usually, not not usually, always. You're down 33 to nothing in the midway through the third quarter, you're dead. That's it. That's over. It's never happened a team coming back from that, and they were able to come back somehow, some way. For whatever reason, man, the Vikings got the magic this year. So a couple things come into my mind on this game. I was watching it, and I said, oh, geez. I was thinking the same thing that you were thinking. This is not good. For the Vikings of Minnesota. It's just not good. And then all of a sudden, they started coming back, and I'm going, oh, no. This is horrendous for the Indianapolis coach and (laughs) my friend Saturday, you know. And 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 then the, the other thing that comes right into my mind, my wife says it on more than occasionally. If it's going to be a tale of two halves, I want to be 
on the second half part of it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, so you see that sometimes, even in the NFL when the game's so short, you see a tale of two halves, and it looks ugly in the first half and just great in the second half. You know, the catch number two, I remember, yep. uh, I was involved in, called the play, spread left, three jet, all go, throw the ball to T.O., right? And very simple. The, the great 2000, I believe it was 2010, Michael Vick and, and, and uh, Jackson, uh, with the punt return at the New York Football Giants, I believe we were down 21 points with eight minutes left. You know, so those great comebacks are are fabulous. But you you'll see this on occasion, where a team has a great comeback and they they gave all their energy, and the next game's not very good. So right. that's a mental part that the coaching staff and those great team leaders have to be aware of and have to overcome that lapse in focus after one of those great comeback wins. Interesting fold, too, because the previously greatest, uh, uh, in terms of at least largest margin of victory comeback in NFL history was when Frank Reich was the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. And Frank Reich, previously now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, but it's uphill sledding for the Colts. They shut down Jonathan Taylor as of today, their stud running back. What a disappointing year in Indianapolis, man. I thought they were one of the favorites to, to compete for the AFC title, and they are just not even close. It's uh, It's been crazy to watch it all yeah, fall Yeah, disappointing. Apart. Indianapolis, the Rams are surprising. I'm not sure disappointing because they just got waxed out. I know. Uh, you know, and there's, uh, I figured it was about one out of every five years when I was in the NFL that one of the teams you were coaching on just get wiped out. It's too much to overcome as far as injury. That's what happened there. And then the Packers. I just was a little disappointed yeah. in, in, in the Packers run this year. For uh, the fourth pick from the NFL this uh, last weekend, sometimes you see when the old guard goes up against the young bloods and there's sort of these moments where I'm not saying it's a full changing of the guard, but it's sort of the passing of the torch. And Tom Brady looked like the old Tom Brady yesterday for a little while. He's up 17, nothing. And they're drilling this young Bengals team. You think, okay, the old guy still got it. And uh, not so fast. Joe Burrow, we've talked, we talk about it every week, but when he gets it locked in, man, He's as good as it gets. And uh, he came all the way back, and that, that was an impressive comeback by the Bengals yesterday. And I do think that Joe Burrow has progressed. Yes, for sure. This year, he's, he's minimizing the amount of sacks. Yes. Right? And that's the one thing that if I were coaching him there in Cincinnati after the last couple of years that uh, we would have worked on emphasized, watched the film. You know, I will tell you, in, in the offseason, right, the hardest films to watch is the turnover film the inter- and then with quarterbacks the interception film and the sack film yeah. Those three. but it has to be done because you've got to get better you do that in a bye week as well and then typically I do it one more time after the bye week just to make sure that schematically we're on point physically we're on point oh, oh we think this guy's a little bit better than he is ah uh-uh. You know, uh, or let's say our left guard. You know, all those things come into play when you're protecting the quarterback. And everything in the NFL, unless you're the Baltimore Ravens, right, uh, in, in a big run team, starts with protecting the quarterback. That's where it starts, and that's where it ends. Well, it's now ESPN Radio Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornoweg in studio with me. It's presented in part by Dazzler's Car Wash. Need a gift idea for your family and friends? Go get a gift card at Dazzler's Car Wash. Help you keep your rig sparkling, shiny, and clean all winter long. Uh, fifth big thing about the NFL, 
Coach, now we are uh, 14, 15 games in for some of these teams, most of the teams across the league. And uh, there's been some teams that have sort of risen up. In your mind, who are the leaders uh, for Coach of the Year uh, so far in the NFL? I have a list of, uh, of several guys, but let's you go first. The first one uh, would be Campbell there with the, Campbell. with the Lions. He for won't sure. because what are they? Five hundred. They're seven and seven. Yeah, yeah, they're five hundred. You know, so but but I think he's done a hell of a job, and I think yeah. he should should be looked at. Sirianni there in Philly for sure. 100%. I think has done a heck of a job. You remember last year they were like. What two and five, three and five, or something? And people were wondering who's this coach from? You know, he's yeah. from outside the the. You know, he's from like D three. He, he was a totally uh, you know haphazard hire. Everybody's thinking who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's he's turned it around. They've been over the last season and a half. They've been as good as it gets. Yeah, and then I suppose, uh, I suppose the man from Minnesota. Now I probably wouldn't have recognized him sure. today if. If that thirty-three to nothing right. at halftime would have held up, yeah, uh, because they were on a little bit of a skid, but uh, I, w- I would think people would look at him as well. I think Sirianni probably uh, would win it. I, I think my friend Andy doesn't get enough recognition because his team's so talented right. there in Kansas City. Yeah, no, that, that, those are good ones. The only other guys I had on my list: Kevin O'Connell from Minnesota, certainly. Uh, I had Campbell, Dan Campbell, on my list. Sirianni from from Philly, and I also had. Uh, Brian Dable from New York, uh, from the Giants. Okay. Uh, they had a good win last night, and that puts them sort of on the inside track yep. to the playoffs. And uh, then I also had Robert Saleh from uh, the New York Jets. They're only 500 too, but that's been a, a pretty good turnaround. I, I think that he has that in his future because he's definitely changed the culture there with the Jets. Yeah, he needs to get a quarterback. For sure. That can stay healthy and all those things. You know, you look at Montana State, the Bobcats. <laughs> yeah. I know we're kind of off that. But uh, we talked about that earlier, our true, just a running team. Okay, how can you expect to be a really good passing team when all the chips are down? When you don't do it during the regular season enough, how can you expect the line to protect? How can you expect the precision and the timing to be there? Now, uh, Tommy uh, was throwing the ball beautifully, and it still wasn't enough uh, against a really good team that basically... I thought a team might end up slowing their running game down. For sure. South Dakota State just kind of stomped it out. Oh, erased it. For I sure. mean, man alive, schematically they were good. They would defeat blocks, and then they tackled. Tackled exceptionally Like well. I was going, whoa, they're tackling everybody uh, with very few exceptions. So, anyways, that's my point there. Last, uh, a text in from a loyal listener said, got to say Kyle Shanahan has to be in the, in the – uh, Running for coach of the year too, only because Trey Lance. I mean, he he makes the move to go with Trey Lance, then he snaps his leg, and then Jimmy G, who's been forlorn all offseason, comes in and and sort of helps him carry the day, and then Jimmy G gets knocked out, and then all of a sudden you got this high school kid Brock Purdy playing quarterback for you, and, and don't look now, but the Niners are division champs, so that's a good text. Thanks, Nick, for the uh, for the uh, feedback because Kyle Shanahan should be in the mix, I think. Too. Okay, and then yeah, absolutely, no question about it. However. Uh, that's one of those teams that I'm interested in going down the stretch. For sure. Can they make a deep, deep run? I'm talking like Super Bowl run. Yeah. With their third team quarterback. Uh, I've never heard of this. I've heard, you know, on a rare occasion, once in a blue moon with your backup, right? But I've never heard it with the third team quarterback, especially a rookie, especially, I believe he was a six round pick. He's the last pick in the draft. He's oh, Mr. Irrelevant. He was, that's right. Seventh we talked about pick. that. Yeah. Yeah, he's Mr. Irrelevant, so the last pick in the draft. So, uh, and, and with one of your best playmakers, Debo Samuel, out. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. it, it's a great story so far. We'll see if it lasts. Heck of a story. Now, this guy is more than a high school quarterback. Because <laughs> I I, I, he just I, looks I, like he's 15. I, That's yeah, why yeah. I always I like those him. guys who look really young, though. Well, for sure. Coming out because you know that they haven't quite matured <laughs> physically sure. yet. You know, so... But uh, this guy, this guy could make plays at Iowa State. I remember looking at him coming out. Well, he's he's a he's a really talented guy. It's funny too because you say, you know, Mister Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. I mean, the guy got drafted. You get drafted in the NFL, you're going to be a talented guy, uh, no matter what. We got division champs. We'll go through those and uh, some other teams that have clinched playoff spots. Plus, we'll look at the Monday Night Football line as well. Keep it right here. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty rolls on. It's ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. You know, for listening to Willie, that means we're winding down the year. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, the Monday afternoon quarterback, the last one for 2022. Have no fear. We will have a couple more in uh, 2023 after the new year. Uh, but the last one for this year, calendar year. Thanks for hanging out with us. Coulter Nuanas, Marty Mornaweg, talking all things NFL here uh, on your snowy, blustery Monday. It's presented by Front Street Pizza, located right there on Front Street by the old public library, uh, just up the way uh, from the new public library. Delicious pizza by the slice or by the pizza pie. It's also presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula, our next-door neighbor right here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Best place in town to get your rig washed. And it's also presented by Rome Student Housing within walking distance to downtown Missoula and the University of Montana. Go check out Rome Student Housing online at liveatrome.com. A couple more things to get to here, Coach. First of all, we got some division champs now uh, here, even though there is still four weeks left in the NFL regular season. Kansas City, San Francisco, Minnesota. Only one of those three is a surprise, though, right? That's right. That's right. Now, Now, I will tell you, the mentality of those teams. They've wrapped up uh, their division, right? So you sort of, uh, if you get anything, you get like a belt buckle for that, right? Sure. Right? The conference is the key. Right. Right? And and that's kind of like winning a big sky conference, right? You're either a champion or you're not. And then, and then the Super Bowl is like the national champion. You're either a champion or you're not. So, so, so then they are eyeing this. Now, all the ramifications... Of getting the buy for sure, and getting home field possibilities or probabilities. Well, you've worked hand in hand with Andy Reid a lot during your career. It seems like he puts a high priority on that, and also that's a big deal in Kansas City because they have such a great home field advantage, right? Yeah, and it's it's really anywhere. And and if your team is playing their very best down the stretch and into the playoffs, you've got a little bit better odds of getting that home field advantage. A couple other uh, teams have clinched. Uh, playoff spots. That's the Eagles. And you'd think with 13 wins already, the Eagles in that division would have already wrapped that thing up, but they haven't because Dallas has been really good. New York has been good. And Washington has been pretty good. 
but Philly's got a playoff spot wrapped up. So does Dallas, but they're still fighting for the NFC East title. And uh, Buffalo, with their 11 wins, they are winning the AFC East, but they haven't wrapped up the division yet either because that division has been pretty darn good uh, as well. But, I mean, it's just crazy. This is how unpredictable the NFL is, right? I would have never thought that the NFC East was going to be the team with four playoff teams, but it is. Right, right. You go into the season, and the NFC East was like, Look down upon for sure, and, and, and then, there's maybe two teams, maybe if Dallas can figure it out. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden you start playing the ball games, and that's why they play the games. That's why the NFL is just so exciting because you've mentioned it, the parity. You've got some of the greatest football players known to mankind playing on the field in college, especially at the upper level. There are a certain amount of games that you are going to win. You know, Alabama's going to win a certain amount of games. Montana, with their uh, preseason schedule, they're going to win a certain amount of games. In the NFL, there is not one game, (laughs) not one, that if you're not well-prepared and you didn't put the hard work in, both mentally and physically, the best-prepared team typically wins game time in the NFL. That's why I think it's the greatest sport in the world. You look around the other divisions, and with Lamar Jackson out, looks like Cincinnati's in the driver's seat there uh, in the AFC North. In the uh, AFC South, Tennessee has been up and down, up and down. Jacksonville's coming, though, man. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't put a fork in the Jags yet. I don't know if they can rally and overtake them, but the fact that Tennessee's wavering at quarterback, and Tannehill got knocked out for a little while, then he came back. But who knows? They got this other kid that they drafted. It seems like a lot of uncertainty. I, I don't know. Can, can Jacksonville make a little run here? Oh, they absolutely could because that division has so many losses in it. That's right. I mean, my gosh. Now, you typically you'll see one division, if, if any, uh, to where this happens. Well, and, and today uh, you might have two divisions that are sort of like that. So, uh, yeah, there is. Now, I remember one time we were in Philly and we had to win. We had to probably win six out of seven. Uh, and, and we had done that. We had won like uh, five out of six and we had Dallas at home. And two other things had to happen. And we were playing the four o'clock game. Two other things had to happen. So right before the game, as the game was starting, we found out both of those things happened. Wow. And everything, all the chips were on that field with the Eagles and the Cowboys, and we just obliterated them. And the one thing I told them going into that week, I said, hey, guys, guys, the worst thing is not this, is if we kick Dallas's butt and those couple, two, three things that have to happen don't happen. No, that's not the worst thing. I'm telling you what the worst thing is. The worst thing is if those things do happen and we're not fully prepared to kick the Cowboys' butt, that's the worst thing that can happen. And we, and we went out and obliterated them. They, they were hoping. They were hoping that that game meant nothing. You know, Romo and all those guys, they were hoping that game was going to mean totally. all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden uh, at about 4 o'clock, that game meant everything. Monday afternoon quarterback, only a couple minutes left here. Marty Mortaway joining me, Coulter Nuanez, in studio. Monday night football tonight. I don't think that when they were scheduling this thing that they thought it was going to be the dud that it is. Packers Rams was supposed to be like an NFC uh, p- playoff preview, and instead it's two teams that are nowhere close to the playoffs. If the Rams lose tonight, they will have the single worst season of a defending Super Bowl champion ever. That's crazy. Uh, if you want to make a bet on this game, go to your Sports Bet Montana kiosk near you. The Packers, seven and a half point favorites at home against the Rams. Well, the Rams 
are playing guys off the street. Uh, they really are. For sure. So, so uh, they've had just so many injuries. This will be interesting. These type of games are always interesting. I love watching these type of games because of all the obstacles sure. that both teams really are having to overcome right now, and most of it with personnel. So what's the game plan look like? You know, the Rams with Mayfield, you, you know, all this. He still doesn't have it down, I'm just telling you. They're still concerned about the center quarterback exchange. You know, so so how does that game plan, and then the, the defensive game plan for the Packers against her, and then vice versa with 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 the great quarterback from Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, and and you would suspect that they would light it up against the Rams who are playing guys that, that, that are off the street. Monday afternoon quarterback, the second hour of every Monday show here on Nuanas. Now we are off for the rest of the calendar year. We'll be back at it after the new year. And by then, we'll have some playoff matchups probably as the uh, regular season will be winding down the playoffs. We'll be heating up. Coach, thanks for being here, man. Merry Christmas and have a great, happy new year. Merry Christmas to everybody else out there. To have no fear, we'll be back at it for two more shows this week. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, It's all we practice. Uh, You're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.